What's up, everyone? My name is B, and you are listening to the Brand Eye Podcast. This podcast talks about navigating our 20-somethings, the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of our journeys, and learning to embrace every part of your story, because your life is your brand, and so many people would benefit from just seeing you live authentically. No one has all of the answers. We're all trying to figure it out. One thing that my mom always told me growing up was she wanted me to be sure that I knew who I was before jumping into a marriage um, and to live my life and live it to the fullest. Because her and my dad had started dating, or no, they actually got married when my mom had just turned 18 and my dad just turned 19, and they'd only dated for three months, only knew each other for three months. And while they didn't regret having married one another, um, because 41 years is a long time to be married, and of course they had hard times, but they had a very beautiful marriage. They also understood and explained that there was a lot that they felt that they missed out on because they didn't take time to get to know who they were as individuals before marrying one another and then having children and then going to school and all of these different responsibilities. Um, And I didn't understand the importance of that advice until actually recently. Um, I think the past year and a half, it's been something that I've really been, I've really come to understand and I still struggle with it, but I have a deeper and a better understanding of why it's important to get to know who you are. Because prior to that year or so, I was definitely defined, I would define myself by who was in my life what relationships I had and what I had, um, the degrees that I had. But the older that I get and the more that I start to just continue to navigate life, because life really is a beast in its uh, in itself, the more that I have come to understand how I I really just don't know myself. I'm learning myself and I'm committed to learning myself, but for so many years. I have spent time trying to run from having to get to know myself because that was perceived as loneliness. Um, Throughout my life, I felt as if I didn't necessarily fit in in various spaces just because I have different interests. And when I was younger, I loved to go to church and my friends loved to go to parties. And I'm not saying parties are bad because I definitely love to party, but that just speaks to sometimes I would feel as if the things that I was talking to people about um, or the things that people try to connect with me on, I didn't really feel that connection because I couldn't relate to what they were saying or I couldn't relate to some of the ways that they were identifying. So it was just really tough for me. And I used to see it as a curse, but now I see it as a blessing because it's forced me to get to know Brandy. And about a year ago, I was going through a really dark time and a hard time. And I was reevaluating a lot of relationships because I 
experienced loss. And for me personally, I don't know about you all, but when losing something, someone, or more than one thing, but just taking a significant loss and navigating grief, I became less tolerant of the BS. I became less tolerant of um, interactions that had no purpose or no meaning. Because before, I used to just force myself to put up with certain things or to stay in certain friendships and spaces that were no longer for me and didn't serve me. But I didn't want to, I was hoarding. I was like an emotional hoarder because I was afraid of being alone. And I was afraid of coming off as being a mean person because a lot of people have turned their backs on me in my life. And I always say like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person that someone talks about and says, you know, well, she gave up on me or she didn't, she slept on me. She didn't see my full potential because I know how that feels. And so it was, I felt hostage. I felt as if I was being held hostage by that um, and just by that fear that I had. So I just held on to everything and my identity was wrapped up in who I was with and the friendships that I had, um, the degrees that I had or any of the accomplishments that I had, the family that I have and had. It was just, it was all wrapped up in things that don't, matter that did not, they mattered more than they should have, should have to me. They mattered way too much to me. And I'll never forget like the, when I got into a relationship, I was talking to my sister on the phone, like, I can't believe that I have a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. I I was like that person who was walking around like, oh yeah, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. Like I just loved dropping the word boyfriend. I loved the idea of being in a secure relationship. It made me feel good. It made me feel happy. I felt like I was unstoppable and like I was untouchable. I don't know. Is untouchable? Yeah, untouchable. Um, So she asked me like, why? And I was like, okay, I mean, because I'm I'm just excited. But like, you could tell that she was genuinely confused as to why I'm sitting here. Like, well, I can't believe that I have a boyfriend. It was almost as if I was saying in that moment, I made it. Like, I made it. You know, I, I don't have to worry about anything in life anymore. And that right there was a red flag. And so it took me losing a lot and losing a lot of people in my life to understand the importance and the beauty of learning who you are as a person and learning to love yourself and what it means to be alone versus being lonely and the gift of solitude. Solitude is one of the most beautiful things that I have discovered in the past year and a half. It's been amazing. And yeah, sometimes it's really hard because generally I avoid unpleasant emotions. So if I feel like I'm going to be sad or if I feel like I'm unhappy or I feel um, some intense wave of grief getting ready to hit me upside the head, then I tend to just 
avoid by turning on the TV or making sure that there's some kind of noise in the background because I feel like that silence is going to remind me of the fact that I'm lonely. And I had to come to realize and understand that, no, I'm not lonely. I am just alone. And this is a beautiful moment. And I I ask myself, like, why does it, what is it about you that is so unpleasant to be around? Like, why are you rushing to not have to be around me, myself? And I was also just so thirsty to be around so many other people. And it dawned on me that I want to be able to want to be around me the way that I want to be around everyone else or the people that I really care about. I want to be okay with not always feeling like I have to have it together. I want to be my own best friend and I want to learn interdependence because there's independence where sometimes we're just like, I don't need anyone screw that, screw you. I could do what I want. I don't, you know, I don't need your constructive criticism because I am who I am and I'm never going to change. And then there's codependence where it's like, well, I just need you and I cannot survive without you or without so many people. And then there's interdependence where there's a healthy balance right in the middle. And that is like, the sweet spot that I wanted to be able to obtain because there are so many times where I, you know, just put my worth or my value on sale, on clearance, because I don't want to be alone. And the more that I just started embracing moments of solitude, the more not only did I learn about myself, but my standards just kept going up and then they would go up again. And then they would go up again. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, there are some things that I want in certain moments where I'm like, yeah, right now I feel a little lonely, but I would rather sacrifice feeling, I would rather feel lonely right now, make that sacrifice right now than to settle for anything that's not for me. Because I also see right now, there are people in my life Um, some of my really good friends and loved ones who are in a lot of unhealthy friendships and relationships, and they're extremely lonely. Like on paper, they have what I used to dream of having, which was the marriage, um, the children, the everything. Like, you know, it was like, I used to think like, wow, they just wake up every morning. They don't have to worry about being alone. Like they have their person right next to them, or they have that core group of friends that like they can talk to all of the time. They don't have to worry. But the more that they open up and that we just share our experiences, I'm learning like, dang, you're you're just as lonely as me. Maybe uh even more lonely. Cause honestly now I don't feel a strong sense of loneliness. I think loneliness is natural, but it's all about what you do with those moments. Um, and before I used to just kind of sit in it and I would just be like, okay, well, you know, it was like a pity party. Now I think about like, girl, 
you are literally sitting here complaining about not having anyone to talk to, feeling bored, not feel, or feeling like you don't have a social life. But first of all, you have the means to like go enjoy yourself. You just don't want to because you don't want to do it alone. And you have so much to do. I'm always complaining about like there not being it, there not being enough hours in the day to get everything done. But when I did like a time assessment, like a personal time assessment, I found that most of my time is spent or was spent complaining about being lonely or complaining about being busy or just sitting around. And on one of my favorite podcasts, um, the Homecoming podcast uh, that was created and is hosted by Dr. Tama Bryant, she said something that it, like replays in my head almost every day. And it's been almost a year since I've started listening to this podcast. And it is, you are too gifted to be bored. You are too gifted to be bored. And that's real because we are such talented people. Like, I don't care who you are and what you think you don't have. There's so much that you possess and the world can benefit from it. But half the time, we don't even know who we are or what we possess because we spend so much time developing our sense of security and our self-worth and all of that good stuff. Um, And we base it on who is in our lives or who's in our life. And my question to you is what happens when those people or that person is no longer in your life? What do you do? How do you handle that? And I knew that it was a red flag for me, I knew that there was work that I had to do when losing certain relationships and losing my mom caused me to really question, like, who am I? I have nothing anymore. And that was far from true. And yes, I miss my mom like crazy. I literally think about her every single day. But I also know that she would probably be disappointed to hear that for a good chunk of time, I questioned who I was and what I had because I lost her. And it's okay to grieve what we lost, but it's also okay to honor that like, yeah, I feel like I lost everything, but there's still so much that I have. And I may not know your deepest, darkest secrets. And you may be thinking, this girl does not know my life. So what is she talking about? But I do know, I'm certain that if you are sitting here listening to this episode, if you are breathing right now, you still have a purpose. And if you have a purpose, that means that there are gifts that you have. And whether or not you've been able to learn or identify what those gifts are and what your strengths are, I don't know. But just because you haven't taken the time or you haven't had the ability to get to know yourself in that way does not mean that they don't exist. And so it's really important to think about and embrace solitude. Solitude is such a beautiful thing because in those spaces when it's just you, yourself, and you, you learn so much. 
I never thought that the day would come that I would actually say, like, I enjoy my own company. And it got to the point where I started getting so addicted to the solitude that if I was um, if I was spending too much time with people or going out too much, I was like, girl, I miss you. Can we hang out talking to myself? Like, can we please have a date night? Or there was a movie theater um, in my old neighborhood that I used to love. They had the best beignets in the world. I love a good beignet. Beignets are the way to my heart. I love beignets. And every week I would take myself to the movies. And I didn't make a big deal of it of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take myself on a date. But I realized that when I got out of my relationship, I was just like, oh, now I can't go to the movies. Or now I can't go to my favorite park and go on a walk. Or now I can't watch this show because I felt as if I needed to be in a relationship and with my significant other to do those things. But now I'm like, um, I'm going to do it. If I want to do it, if I want to go to the movies, I am going to go to the movies. And this mentality came because I was having a really tough time and I was like, I just need to get out. I need to get out of town. I need to go somewhere. And one of my friends was like, oh my gosh, girl, I'll go with you. And I was like, okay, I really want to go. And I felt as if she was dragging her feet and there was no sense of urgency, but there was for me. And finally, I was just like, I I was consumed with anger and frustration of like, why are you wasting my time? You know that I just told you that I want to go on this trip. I just told you that I need to get out. And you're playing with my time and saying like, can we wait? Well, I don't want to do this or complaining. That drove me nuts. Then I'm like, this is on me because I'm sitting here because I'm afraid of going alone on this trip and because it's such a foreign concept, I'm putting up with stuff that I don't have to put up with and it's impacting my friendship because I found myself becoming resentful and bitter because I'm like, now you're wasting my time and that's disrespectful because you're not being considerate of what I'm feeling. When in reality, I mean, she has her own life. Now, it would have been very nice had she told me, like, I don't want to go or whatever. But that's when I realized, like, I have a lot more control in certain situations than I would love to believe. Because if I believe that I did not have control and that I was just always the victim, that would mean that I would have to hold myself accountable. That would mean that when things didn't go my way and I wanted to pout and I knew that it was my fault, I didn't have to really, you know, like I didn't have to take responsibility. So now my ability to say, you know what? If someone doesn't want to make these plans with me, if I'm not in a relationship, if my little boo thing does not want to spend time with me, That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me, but those are some nice moments and I shouldn't have to wait. I should not wait until, you know, um, it's like a necessity. Like I should not have, I shouldn't wait until 
no one wants to go or I lose a bunch of friendships or I experience a lot of loss to enjoy me time. Because while marriage is a very beautiful thing, friendships are a very beautiful thing. There are also things and moments that I believe you will never get back once you get married. Not because you're losing anything and not because it's a bad thing, but because you're moving on to a new phase in your life. And some marriages look a little different, but I know for me, if I am married, I'm living with my significant other, we're sleeping in the same room. Right now, I don't have to worry about that. I can use as many pillows as I want. I can decorate my apartment the way that I want. I can spend money the way that I want. If I don't feel like coming home until 5.30 a.m., I don't have to call anyone and let them know. If I don't feel like looking at somebody, because I can be very moody. If I don't feel like looking you in your, your face, if I don't feel like hearing you talk, I don't have to. And that's such a luxury. That's a beautiful thing. But I also get to know Brandy in a way that I've never gotten to know myself before. I know my likes. I know my dislikes. And because I'm learning myself and starting to embrace and appreciate it, I'm also starting to really be just be a lot more assertive and say, okay, I do have a favorite color. Because what I'm learning is sometimes when we're indecisive, it's not because we don't know, but it's because we're afraid of making the wrong decision. It's because we're afraid of failing. So if we don't commit to an answer, if I don't commit to my favorite color is yellow, then I don't have to worry about the things that come with commitment. I could just beg, well, I didn't say that that was my favorite color. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine a few months ago and he asked me, um, basically, how do you know that you're ready to be in a relationship and that you're not codependent and that you're not going to depend solely on that person? And that was a good question because it made me think like, how do you know? And then it dawned on me, you know that you're ready when you are okay with what the outcome is going to be. So I, before I would have told you, I'm ready to get back with my ex. I'm ready to be in a different relationship because, but I was so afraid and I was really banking on the success of those relationships. And like, if I would get to know another guy or we'd be talking internally, I'd be freaking out like, oh my gosh, if I pick up the phone the wrong way and say hello in a way that he didn't like, is he just going to drop me? And so I would find myself trying to mold into the person that the people around me wanted me to be. And that was unfair to me just as a human being. And it was unfair to them because then when we were going on dates, they're getting to know who I want them to get to know. They're getting to know someone who wants them to, who wants to impress them rather than getting to know Brandy and who she is. So I think we know that we're ready to be in a relationship when we are okay with 
with the idea that there may be rejection on the other side and we know that we're going to live. And there are lots of friendships in my life that I have now where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want it to, I don't want them to end, but I'll be okay if they end. And that's how I think that you start to realize how healthy all of the relationships in your your life are, how healthy some of your habits are. Because I used to be someone where I would try to fill a void and it would be like, okay, well, you know, I feel lonely and I don't feel like I have friends. So I am going to just, you know, I guess hang out with my or people, I won't even call them friends, but people that I know I don't feel happy around or people that make me feel bad about myself on the inside. But I'm willing to put up with that if that means that I don't have to be lonely on paper. But just because you're not lonely on paper and it looks like, you, you know, if you do, if you look at your, if you take inventory of everything in your life and you're like, oh, on paper, my life is lit. I'm not lonely. But on the inside, you still feel like you're dying and it hurts and it feels lonely and like unpleasant. There's work to do. That's that that inventory, that list that you have. That, my friend, is a facade. And it's not until we're honest with ourselves about these facades and about what we really want and what will really make us happy until we're able to do that then we got to wait and we also have to understand that things just happen and we got to learn to love ourselves because if you're not willing to face that and to acknowledge that there is a facade, you're going to continue to be lonely. You are going to continue to invest in the same old raggedy things that make you feel raggedy on the inside. And that's a tough space to be in. Sometimes I, I know that like I can't go back in time, but sometimes I really wish that if I could go back, there were a few things that I would change. And that would be how dependent I was on so many things, on so many opinions, on so many people around me. And I learned my lesson when I needed to learn it. And I'm learning it still. And I'm growing from it. But sometimes I'm like, dang, B, you're actually really cool and really fun to be around, but you wasted so much of who you are and so much of your beauty on things and people that didn't deserve it. So if you look at your situations in life, your relationships, the job that you're in, um, the extracurricular activities, are they fulfilling? Do they help you grow? Do they make you feel good about yourself? Are you begging or are you clinging to something or someone um, because you are afraid that if you lose them, you're going to lose it all? Are you clinging to the idea that you're just going to settle for 
right now because you're afraid and you don't trust what's to come? If so, there's work to do. No judgment over here, I promise. No judgment because I have work to do too. It's a hard thing. But I also know how lonely it can feel when it feels like we're in it alone. When it feels like no one else is struggling with this stuff. So it's like, all right, I'm just, it's just, I'm stuck. But that's why I'm here sitting on this microphone, pouring my soul out, doing this whole rant because it's so important to me that all of you know that we're really in it together. And there are going to be times on your journey where solitude is crucial to the growth and to your growth and to your development. And there are going to be times when we have to make decisions of whether or not we want to continue entering spaces that weren't designed or created for us. That's something I struggle with still. I I want to know. I want certainty. I love certainty. But I found that in my relationships now, I'm learning to just be in the moment, to exist in the moment, and to not feel as if the world is going to come crumbling and tumbling if things don't go the way that I want to. Because What is for you is for you. Can't be tampered with. No matter who tries, what they try, it can't be tampered with. If you're putting in work to do what you need to be doing, things are going to happen. So I'm starting to see rejection as a very good thing. Because one, if you are rejecting me as a person, rejecting any of my um any of my core values, that's okay. There is no love lost. That just means that right now, we are not meant to be in each other's lives. If you are unsure about me, if someone's unsure about you, that's okay. Let them go. Let them be unsure. Let them stay in that uncertainty while you continue to move forward because that's what it's all about. And I know that I'm talking a big game and I'm like a little tough Tony over here because it's like, all right, well, you know. She's just acting like it's just that easy. I know it's not. I struggle with it still. But I also know that so many times I have settled so that I could be sure that I would not be lonely. I remember I was on a date and oh my goodness, it was a horrible date. Horrible. I did I did not like the guy. And I don't even think he liked me. But here I am sitting here. And he's just like rude. He was just a really rude guy. And I'm sitting here like trying to ignore every single red flag. And I'm over here like, oh, well, he's really rude or he's really boring. But I'm going to stay here because he looks the part. And he checks off all of my boxes on paper. And time is ticking. Your 20s don't last forever, and I don't want to wait till I'm 40 to be married. Now, I realize, okay, so the time that I could have been spending getting to know myself, the time that I could have been spending investing in myself, in the relationships in my life that matter, 
I'm sitting here eating a cold, disgusting, seasonless vegetable soup with wilted lettuce, with a wilted lettuce house salad, having a dry conversation just to make myself feel better about my life. And is that helping me feel better about my life? Absolutely not. Now I'm just thinking about how I miss every ex that I've ever had because I'd rather go back with, you know, one of my exes who was just like cheated on me and stuff because I am so caught up in needing to fill a void with anything but myself and anything but God. If you're not a religious person or a spiritual person, that's fine. For me, that's what I'm learning is my voids need to be filled with productive things. And that's how we learn and that's how we grow. So loneliness, I know it's a beast. I get it. And I get that it can be tough. I get that it's a sacrifice at times because sometimes we really do have to choose between what looks good on paper and what's truly right for us. One of my good friends started going to therapy and I'm so excited for her because she's starting to set boundaries. I'm like, go for it, girl. I love this new you. But she's finding that not everyone is receptive to those boundaries. A lot of people are offended and they don't like it because now she's no longer willing to put up with a lot of the things that she used to put up with. Or she had said, you know, this can be really lonely at times because some people get mad that I'm setting boundaries and I just have to be okay with them not wanting to accept that. I just have to leave them where they're at. And that is so real because any change or investments that we try to make in ourselves, not everyone is going to be receptive because The people that I really believe that the people that do not support you in setting boundaries or becoming a healthier version of you are people that have been benefiting from your lack of boundaries and your lack of self-love. If they're not rooting you on and saying like, I love this for you. I don't understand why you're doing this, but I'm going to support it because that is the right decision. You're making the right decision for yourself. Mm-mm. If they're not doing that, uh-uh. Run the other way. That's that's not something that you deserve. And although it can feel like, well, I'm going to hold on to and I'm going to cling to these friendships and relationships to avoid feeling lonely, you're just going to keep feeling lonelier and lonelier and lonelier. Also, moments that you start to feel loneliness, ask yourself, what's going on? For so long, and to answer my friend's question when he was asking, how do you know if you're ready? For so long, I used to think that I needed to rush into things. 
And there was just this urge of being in a relationship or having certain friendships that I had that I this urge to fill that void. And when I asked myself, well, why is it so important that I'm married? Why is it so right now? Or why is it so important that I'm staying in this friendship? When I got to the root cause of a lot of them, a lot of them were rooted in insecurities. Yeah, a lot of them were rooted in some of my greatest insecurities. For me personally, one of them was fear of abandonment or being lonely. And I had to ask myself why I feel that way. And don't get it twisted. I don't just explore all of this on my own. I go to therapy. I get spiritual counseling as well. I am making sure that I'm healthy in every sense of the word because there's no such thing as just emotional health or physical health. They're not, you can't compartmentalize health or unhealthy habits because they start to seep into other portions of your life. So just like you can't compartmentalize crazy, you can't compartmentalize unhealthy habits and practices. So I started to learn I'm not healthy if even if I'm losing weight or even if I'm eating the most whole foods possible, I'm still not healthy if I am unable to live life in an authentic way, if I am unable to say no to things that don't serve me because I'm afraid of the loneliness. And loneliness is going to pop up everywhere we are. Loneliness is going to pop up. And when I say everywhere we are, I mean in every season of our lives. Loneliness is inevitable, but what are we doing with that loneliness? Because sometimes, oftentimes, that is an indicator of something wrong. Just like when we're in pain, our body is telling us that somewhere on our body needs attention. Loneliness or any emotion helps us identify spaces or areas in our well-being that need to be tended to. For me, the area that needed to be tended to was my fear of abandonment. My fear of being alone. And then the more I started to dig into that and the more I started to push myself to just get to know Brandy, hang out with Brandy, then I realized like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought. This is actually kind of cool. I actually like hanging out with myself. I love coming home to myself after work. Are there times where I want to hang out with friends or I miss certain people? Of course, absolutely. But it's all about what we do with those desires. Are we allowing those desires to lead us to make unhealthy or undesirable decisions? Or are we able to acknowledge them in the moment and tend to ourselves? So. Whenever you're feeling a certain type of way, 
I want you to think about, are you trying to make yourself feel better right now? Like, is that what, are you just trying to find a way to put a bandaid over this wound? Or are you willing to sit in that pain and embrace every lesson that comes towards you when you're in that pain? Because when you sit in it, you learn so much. You learn so much. And I never thought that there would be a time where I'd be grateful. Like even when I first started therapy, I told her like, I love that Janae Eco can be like, pain is beautiful. I'll take some sunshine or I'll take some, yeah, some sunshine with my rain or vice versa, something like that. But I'm never going to get to that point. And then her and I were laughing because now I'm at the point where I'm like, there's so much beauty in this struggle. There really is beauty. There's beauty in the solitude. Solitude is such an amazing space to be in. Solitude gives way to creativity. Solitude gives way to growth. Solitude gives way to healing. A lot of my healing has come from being able to sit in it. Being able to embrace the loneliness and do something with it. Sometimes doing something with it means doing nothing with it. I know, sounds confusing, but it's true. I promise you. Trust me. Trust me. I don't know much, but I do know this for sure because I'm going through it. So for those of you who are feeling lonely, think about things that you like to do. Mm, Create a list of hobbies. For me, I was like, I don't even know what my hobbies are. So that was a great way or a great indicator that I needed to learn what my hobbies are. I started going skating in an empty parking lot because I didn't want to keep falling in front of people when I was trying to skate on the lakefront. So I go to an empty parking lot and I skate by my lonesome. And now one of my friends is going to join me and I'm excited. I went to the movies because I loved going to the movies. So think about what do you like to do and do it by yourself if you have to. Don't always just wait to take yourself on an extravagant date, but hang out with yourself. Like, okay, girl, you want to go to that pottery class? Yeah, girl. If your friends are dragging their feet and they're somewhere you really want to go, go without them. You don't need them. You don't need them. So that's all that I have for you this week. But the quote that I want to um share for the week the quote of the week is your life is your brand yes it's my i'm quoting myself because your story is so beautiful and there's so much about you that you deserve to know you need to know every part of yourself and every time you know like on social media and linkedin and all of that they're always talking about like build a brand build a brand you don't need to do all of that work, you just need to be yourself and you just need to get to know yourself. But you can't understand your story. You can't share your story until you're able to understand your story and understand who you are. And it's important that you learn your story and that you embrace it and share it because we all need to hear it. You never know what Part of your story, what part of your journey is going to help someone get through a trial or a tribulation. 
And it's also something that you can look back on when you're facing dark days ahead. You can look at, wow, I am tough because I went through X, I went through Y, I went through Z, and I'm standing here. And I'm able to look ahead and say, I don't know much, but I know that one thing about me is I am going to remain steadfast. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to, I'm not going to avoid anything, but I'm going to embrace it. So that's my quote of the week for you. And my question is, in what areas of your life are you settling in direct response to not wanting to feel lonely? That's all I have for you. So please think about that stuff. Check in with me. This is the very first um, episode that has a visual portion to it because I heard you. I heard the feedback and I usually don't feel comfortable being on camera, but I was like, listen, my listeners are encouraging me to get out of my comfort zone. So this is what I'm doing. So thank you to all of you that have been giving feedback. Um, please like, subscribe, follow. This podcast is on all of the major platforms. But most importantly, check in with me. Let me know how you're doing and let me know any feedback that you have. I'm new to this. This is a journey, but we're in it together. So signing off, have a great week. And I look forward to hearing about ways you are getting to know yourself. All right, bye-bye.